Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bazaar. I'm your host. That's B I Z Z A R R O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs, or you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. And if you're hungry and don't want to leave your couch or don't want to leave your op- office, I recommend opening up the DoorDash app and ordering from any of the awesome food entrepreneurs that have been on our show. So that being said, I have a very awesome guest with us. I, I love his concept. Uh, from the Los Angeles greater area, Linwood, California specifically, I have A. Mota with Las Ogadas. How are you doing today? Did I get that right? That's that's right. Yeah, that's perfect. Actually, Dang, we happy, got it. Happy, <laughs> <laughs> I happy, love it. Happy, happy to be here, excited. Um, to, to, to share some of the some of the stuff that we've we've gone through in, in opening the business and um yeah I'm just yeah. ready ready to get started excited so tell us Abe like um and everyone in the audience thank you guys for listening in I know our downloads are going through the roof daily I mean I think we're over 10x of what we used to do per day uh two to three weeks ago so we're really starting to get momentum we're in over 133 countries across the globe on a regular basis that's not just the countries we've touched these are the ones that we're getting consistent downloads out of and um through all of our syndications and everything so i appreciate all of you guys for listening in and sharing and the word of mouth and really supporting these entrepreneurs and giving awesome five-star reviews on their episodes and writing comments on their episodes and writing comments on all the syndications to help promote the podcast because obviously if you're learning something and there's a value and these entrepreneurs are benefiting your lives or you're a fan of their restaurants or their food products or whatever it is or their packaged goods uh, whatever they're doing direct to consumer depending on their business obviously it's awesome when you write good reviews and you help them out and you help their episode get out there so again the point of the podcast is to try to help entrepreneurs out there you're not alone there's a lot of us out there and the food entrepreneurs in the world are the largest number of individuals if we all formed a party across the whole globe we could change world politics that's just how powerful we are uh so that being said abe tell me your story let's talk about you know share it with the audience like where like where'd you grow up how'd you grow up and what led you into being a food entrepreneur Okay. Yeah. So, um, I've, I've actually been, I'm, I'm 34 years old and I've, and I've been all over the place. Um, so originally I grew up in, um, it's like a Northern central California, close, close to like San Jose, Silicon Valley kind of. Um, and I, I was there up until maybe, maybe like 14 years old. And then that's, I, I was about seven or eight years old when 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 my dad started. Um, he he got his first food truck in the area. Um, well, he had the food truck for I want I want to say maybe like seven years, and then he actually he wanted to upgrade, and we moved out to Phoenix, Arizona. And in Phoenix, Arizona, he opened up he opened up the first um, the first actual actual uh, re- restaurant. Um, I was I was about 13, 13, 14 at the time, and that's really when I when I started to get involved, but I never I never saw myself as a as like trying trying to get into the food industry. I've I was always a sports um, a sports guy, so I, I I wanted to do something along along the lines of sports. Um, but but as 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 I started to grow up and as I started to get more and more involved, it kind of it it, it was just kind of like a natural process where I where I where I kind of slipped into the into the family family business. 
So, so um, starting off when I when I when I helped him at first, obviously I was I was about 14, 15 years old, so I was always front of the house, um, taking the orders out, um, stuff like that. Nothing too nothing too too involved. Um, and and as I say, as I started as I started getting older, I started appreciating the 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 back of the house more, um, as far as cooking and 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 prepping, getting everything ready. Um, so, so as I started growing up, I got, I, I got involved in that. And then eventually I was 20, I was about 22 at the time. And I actually decided to go, I, I, I studied, um, I studied culinary arts here, here in Los Angeles. Um, and that's, and that's, that's when I made the, like the full, full on dive and, 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 and went all in, as they say, um, and so yeah, that's that's kind of how it started. So it was it was a food truck first, then then he opened the restaurant, and I and I helped out there, um, and that's and that's what led led to this. Um, when I when I when I first here in here in Linwood, um, so it it was kind of a long process to get to get here. From Phoenix, Arizona, we moved out here to LA, and he opened up a he opened up a restaurant in LA. Um, and this one here in Linwood was the second one, but he he didn't have the he didn't have the manpower to 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 manage it. So I I took over, and initially it was just it was just um, it was just okay take over um, work it. It wasn't it wasn't actually mine. I, I I would still report back to him, and he was the owner. But um, it got it got to the point where he where he just said, you know what, just con- continue with that, and and um and that's and that's that's yours. You you've worked enough to the point where where you can, where you can do, when you can have, not have, but um, be, be in charge of that. Um, and that, that was under a previous name. And I've, I've been, I've been here for the better part of nine years, I want to say. Nine years. And recently, uh, maybe two, two or three months ago, I, I made, a, I made a name change and a concept change um, because I felt, I felt kind of um, stuck in, in, in what he had been doing and he he was kind of um I pitched some ideas to him about trying to trying to um maybe modernize a little bit more or or or, or um or just just try try your stuff and he he wasn't really um open to it so so I, I I went ahead and and um and did a did a name change and concept change and that's kind of what we're in the middle of right now uh we're super excited we have a lot of a lot of new stuff coming out um it's kind of it's, it's exciting for me because I'm I'm finally um, opening up, opening up my 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 brain and my and my and my concepts to newer ideas and, and stuff like that, that that I'm excited to try out and and have people try and see 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 what they think. It's interesting. I have a very I mean my background is kind of similar, not exactly, but um, especially with my father in particular. But let me before I get into that. Um, I want to talk about this. Like, let's go back to um, your father running a food truck. Did you spend time in the food truck, or were you not? You mentioned getting involved in the business in Phoenix. Like, how much experience did you get? What were you learning? Like, what did you learn from those businesses at the time that you value now? Because you were so young and so influenced by food by back then. Um, I did at 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 the time. Um, okay, so so where 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 we were in California, the biggest industry was um, agriculture. So what so what he did is um, he would he would go to the to the fields, 
uh, like strawberry lettuce peels, and he would he would bring out um he would bring out the the truck for for the workers lunch, workers lunch. So during the during the summer, I, obviously I went to, I went to school back then, so I wasn't I wasn't um dur during the school year I would I wasn't able to help. But during the summer, I would always ride along and 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 I would see kind of firsthand how how um again the preparation because because I I remember thinking back. Uh, lunch lunch was about 12 12 31 depending depending on which one we went to it was was the lunch but preparation started even even the night before even the night before um going going to the to the wholesale store to to, to get the drinks um, we would get there we would get there um early to the to the commissary to load up the truck and, and, and a lot of times i helped out with that just like loading in the sodas um there, there's a lot of like behind the scenes preparation that goes into like when when you go when you go eat when you go to a, especially like a, a food truck i mean you see you see the food truck and you see the people cooking but i mean there's hours and hours of preparation that go into into that one dish or or, or that one order that that you're that you're um that you're making it's not just okay i want to eat this and oh they haven't i mean there's there's a whole process to having it ready and having it there so that's that that's kind of one of the one of the first things that i that that i took away from 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 seeing how they worked and just have, having the, um, what, what do you call it? Just being outgoing with the customers, not, not, I mean, like, like I said, I was about eight at the time and, and having conversations with the customers, not being, not being shy or, or, or kind of um, shying away from, from them. Because at the end of the day, when you, when you, when you first begin or your first, your first couple of times, it's people that you don't know. So you have to, you have to have that kind of um, personality to, 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 to be willing to, to talk to them, uh, some, sometimes explain the food to them and ha having the knowledge to do all of that as well. I love this um, because I think it's important because when we grow up in family businesses or we grow up particularly in food or um, the entrepreneurial family that you experience, it, it in unintentionally compounds this entrepreneurial knowledge and business knowledge and business skills and I don't know, family things that you can benefit from where if I was just an entrepreneur going in the space and I didn't have parents in food or as entrepreneurs or as business people, it's a lot harder because we we catch a lot. And I, I believe that we aren't actually taught. We catch things. If it's a subject, if it's a good teacher, if it's taught well or it's contagious, we are yeah. we catch it. And in families that have food businesses or restaurants or are parents are in businesses and allow their kids to spend a regular amount of time in those businesses or even just being a fly on the wall in those businesses, the compounding effect is huge. And I agree with you. How do you deal with customers? How do you do the prep work? How do you deal with the sodas? How do you manage inventory? Like all that stuff matters significantly and being able to see it, you catch it. It doesn't even necessarily need to always be taught to you. You see your parents like leading by example and it's caught. Yeah. And so, like, and this just, I mean, just to go with the sports analogy, I guess that, that fits right in there. Because I, too, soccer was my thing. Like, I did soccer. It's all I did. I traveled. I paid on three teams and whatever. But I was always on the family farm. And then my dad was in the food business on and for in Marriott with Roy Rogers and Bob Evan, or Bob's Big Boys and, and other Marriott things. And then when Marriott decided okay. to go into hotels, he was part of a group that went in. Uh, bought out a department and they did uh, food on airplanes and over 123 um, kitchens around the world including Russia and Australia even behind the Iron Curtain 
uh, back in the day. So like cool stuff like that. But I caught it. I was around the business all the time because I played soccer. I ended up at his office all the time catching the knowledge on the farm. I was heavily influenced by my mom who was an entrepreneur and horses and breeding and lessons and showing and raising and boarding and just you name it traveling and so um it's just really interesting because i agree with the sports thing like soccer was my thing until all of a sudden i realized that even though my dad had played soccer growing up i didn't catch it from him i didn't catch the same thing and while i was really good at a good work ethic i was really good at business and really good with food and that's the direction i went at 18 years old as well even though i played soccer after that quite a bit and 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 tried in college and all that but the reality is i was already in a food business that i created with my father and business partners at 18 years old working out of the family's basement and next thing you know like i'm in this business i'm trying to go to school i'm coming home for breaks i'm coming home any chance i could get i used to use an excuse there was a girl i was seeing at the time um but really what i was doing is i was trying to get home i'd spend some time with her and then i'd be involved in the business involved in the business involved in the business because even though i could work remotely at school which was only an hour away i wanted more and more and more and more and learn as much as i could so i think that that's what we're talking about here. So let's go back to the restaurant. When your dad opened the restaurant and went to Phoenix and you got involved with the customer service in the front of the house, you weren't actually cooking in the back per se. Did you eventually start cooking in the restaurant or it was it that, oh man, I don't get to do this. I don't have the skill. I'm going to culinary school because I just want to understand how you made the decision to go to culinary school. And was it because of the restaurant um, or the lack of being in the back of the house um it, it it wasn't so okay i was i was in i was in the front of the house um i i like I, I was always around them cooking and stuff but i never i never had like the i never had like the urge or or the curiosity to be like oh okay what are they what are they cooking it was always it was always like um for me it was like okay what what can i help you with where where do you need help and that's kind of where i, I slid in and and my dad has always cooked his whole life so he always needed help in the in the in the front of the house so that's kind of that's kind of how 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 that position was was um was given to me or or or, or how i how i um how i ended up there as 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 i started growing up and and it, and it's funny because <laughs> when we would have uh, family gatherings um like barbecues or um, again, sports when we would win Super Bowl parties, or or I'm 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 a big NBA fan, or NBA playoff games would come around. There would always be cooking involved, and and that's really where it where it began because sometimes I like I don't I don't want to say I didn't pay attention to the game, but I was watching the game, but I was at the same time I was I was um, worried about the food. I was I was I was trying to see how they were making it. I was trying to see. Um, what went into it um the knife skills the knife skills really really um caught my attention but but again this was all at home not not at the at the business i get i guess it was just because of how busy we were and i never i never really um i never really like took the time to 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 analyze or, or, or go to the back of the house back then to see to see what they were doing but but when we got home and when we would cook um it, it, it was always it, it was always um, um, i don't know how to say it but it always it always like, caught my attention it always caught my attention, and then as as it started, um, 
as I started paying attention and started to try it out, I started watching um, uh, like food food TV shows, and that really that really um, took took it to the next level. Um, and yeah, that that that's kind of where it was when when I first started um, when I first started cooking. It was it was um, it was all it was all my 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 dad's recipes. It was okay, so he. He he kind of took me in. He said, "Okay, this is what we do. This is these are these are dishes. This is, um, the, this is how we do it." And everything he learned was from was from my grandma. So it, it was like a it was like a passing on of of um of recipes and stuff like that. Um, but again, I always I always, it, it, like I was cooking. I felt like I was cooking his dishes all the time, you know. So so as I as I. And I finally said, okay, you know what? I'm 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 just gonna fully like jump in. I want I I wanted to, I wanted to develop skills, and I and and I had I had ideas of my own, but I didn't know how to execute those ideas, and and I didn't I didn't want to, I I didn't want to like, step step outside of, of the business that we had already and try to and try to maybe like jump onto a, a another restaurant and try to and try to learn from another chef. So I, I decided that school was the was the best uh, was the best option, and and it really helped. It really helped. It it opened my eyes to 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 different different types of cooking. It opened my eyes to different types of food that that I wouldn't have that I wouldn't have tried otherwise. Um, techniques, um, making making different types of sauces. I mean, growing up, it was it was, it was just uh, like I say, it was like my grandma's sauces. She she passed them on to my dad. My dad passed them on to me. And that's kind of what we always cooked, um, but there was but there was never there was never um, there was never like a, like like an idea to innovate or, or try or try different stuff. So that's that's kind of where that's where my my, my desire to learn and, and go to school comes in is try, to try new things, to try to innovate, to try to make um, uh, newer newer dishes. I love it. Uh, let's talk about the the transition in the restaurant in California, like your, your dad opens a second one in Los Angeles, you get your culinary arts degree. you you start to run that about nine years ago, which is perfect timing. So the, so the, the crazy thing is for, for, from Arizona, the business did really, really well. We, we were doing super, super good. And then at the time there was, a, so obviously the restaurant there was in a, was in a highly, highly Hispanic population. Our food, and, and this is probably something I should have said since the beginning, our food is based out of uh, Guadalajara, which is where we're from. So it's Guadalajara-style food. All of our dishes are, are traditional dishes in the city of Guadalajara. And um, so that's kind of that's kind of the, the original concept of, of, of our restaurant was was that. Like like I said, now now t- today it's still it's still based on that, but I'm trying I'm trying newer stuff. But that that's how it started. And we were in a highly, highly um, Hispanic population uh, populated area. And at the time, there was um, there was uh, if you guys are if anybody's familiar with the with the Arizona politics, this was about 2014, I want to say. There was a sheriff Joe Arpaio, who who was the sheriff in the county that we were in, which is Maricopa County. Um, he started he started doing um, passing some anti-immigration laws, and it was it was it was amazing because it was maybe in a matter of a month or, or six weeks, business dropped maybe 70 80 percent because a lot of the population flee they just they just took off they just um they just left yeah they, they, they took off so we figured at the at the time we said okay you know what the way this is going we're not gonna we're not gonna make it so we have to we have to see see what and that's and that's another 
another one of the struggles that that you face as a, as a as a business owner and as an entrepreneur is things change and you have to change if you if you don't change it just i mean you're done so so that's when we and, and that's how we ended up in la so that that happens business drops um it got to the point where we weren't we weren't making making ends meet and and we made the switch and we decided to um, to, to to come out to uh, los angeles and that's and that's what landed us here in here in la it's just crazy to me because I think about the amount of taxes that were lost by doing a policy like that and the amount of workers that were so needed in the food service businesses as well just from immigration. It doesn't include all the other jobs that are needed because of immigration in America. Yeah. Um, but it's just crazy. We don't realize the damage we do by being so reactionary in this country in particular. We get so reactionary. We think we're going to solve the problem and then we make things worse actually for everyone and the counties we're trying to protect. I'm pretty sure we should have immigration in those counties. I don't care what's going on uh, because of the revenue and the taxes that are being paid, even if it's not directly, if it's an illegal immigrant, I get it, but they are supporting businesses. They are spending money and they're supporting everything that's going on, particularly your schools and your taxation system. So just you know grain of salt i always find there's a cloudy thing in there but i just want to anchor this um it's guadalajara the city in mexico correct that we're talking about so i mean you're living the mexican-american dream at this point you're forming a business you're you're successful then all of a sudden this is what we just talked about in my last episode and i just did a centurion leadership italian uh show episode on this which by the time this releases will be a few weeks ago but it's about how all of a sudden we're successful and all of a sudden people start tearing us down. And sometimes it's unintentional, but usually it isn't. It's like there's a fear that's of success or a fear of a group or a fear of whatever that leads to this. And, you know, tall poppies or whatever. And, oh, there's a group. Okay, I'm threatened by them. And instead of like helping them get better, it's just cut them all down. Okay, okay, well, that's not going to help. And, I just want to anchor that, uh, and I want to anchor the Mexican-American dream here because I think it's so important that there's so many blah, 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 country American dream. Italian-American dream is my family, okay? And, you know, yours is Mexican-American dream, but a majority of the people in food bring their food and their customs into America and create restaurants and businesses and pay taxes and create jobs and have dreams big enough that it fits a lot of other people's dreams in it, vendors, dreams. employees, um, customers. So I just want everyone to be aware of that. Like sometimes other groups that are around the Mexican-American or the Italian-American or the Moroccan-American dream go to those restaurants or to their restaurants because they are part of a community. So it gives them a place to feel at home and safe because food is a safe haven. People are very comfortable around food and the table and it is breaking bread. So for the audience, I just really want to anchor that let's talk about the food you guys originally served in the restaurant or and in the food truck that your father did and and what were the traditional recipes that your family had um we don't need to talk about all of them we can talk about the food in general but what were some of the most popular things this is before you transition the menu but what were some of the popular things and staples that you saw being successful in in this type of restaurant which is the guadalajaran food um from mexico so when 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 he first started in the in the taco truck, the the audience uh, the audience that he had or the or the customer base that he had was was super super different from what we have now. So so the concept in the food truck wasn't wasn't the Guadalajara based. It was it was just your traditional uh, Mexi- Mexican food, which 
his 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 main or, or his most popular dishes were just burritos um and the tacos it was just asada pastor which are which are the different kinds of meats um but but like i say the the customer base or the or his clients that he had then were were um was different and he couldn't it it wasn't it wasn't um how, how can i say um i mean they they were they were there already he was he was he was catering to a to a group of people that that were there and 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 they were going to be his customers because he provided the lunch um it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't um like now like now that we have the restaurant it's 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 a concept that we designed and that we and the way we kind of um put out for people to see and then people people um receive that message and 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 decide to come to come to us back then it was it, it wasn't like that it was it was there was a group of people they they needed to eat and they kind of the, the the manager in charge kind of told us what what they um what they wanted and we made it so or, or my parents made it so back then it wasn't it wasn't um there wasn't really like recipes going into it and stuff it was just it was just putting putting the food together when we when we open up the the, the guadalajara concept that's really when we when we start incorporating um family family recipes to the to the menu and um and if and anybody's familiar with guadalajara the, they're gonna know the torta ahogada is the is the is the most traditional dish in the city if you if you go to guadalajara you every every pretty much every corner <laughs> of the city has has a stand that sells tortas ahogadas um for those of you that don't know it um it's it's super i'm going to explain it you're going to say well wow, that's, that's super simple but at, at the same time it's super complex because um the the ingredients that go into it have to be have to be right in order for you to get it right i know i know it sounds kind of um um kind of cheesy to say it that way but but i mean it is it, it is that way so it's a it's a sourdough roll um but in in guadalajara because of the because of the um a geographic location of the city um the 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 sour this um the sourness and the flavor that the that the sourdough um gets because of the starter um is 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 really uh, i i, I want to say you can't you can't find it nowhere else it's kind of like the san francisco sourdough every, every, everybody knows san francisco sourdough is, is 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 amazing because it's in san francisco so that's kind of the same concept for the for the um sourdough roll that we use for the torta ahogada so it's it's a sourdough roll we smear it with a uh, refried beans we fill it with pork carnitas, and then it's it's dipped into a um, into a tomato sauce, and then it's topped with the with the spicy sauce, depending on how on how um how spicy you you want it. Um, and then it's it's uh, it comes accompanied with a side of pickled uh, red onions and uh, a couple a couple pieces of of, of lime that you that you um squeeze squeeze onto it. Um, l like I say, it's super simple, but once once you have it, it's it's just the 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 rigidness of the bread with the with the mushiness of the carnitas it all it all just comes together and it's it's it, it it's a, for me it's amazing it's a, it's a dish that I grew up eating it's a celebratory dish in the in, in the city of Guadalajara um growing up when it was some somebody's birthday it was always oh what are we gonna make oh tortas ahogadas so that's that's kind of what that's our main 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 even in the name it's las ahogadas so that's that's our main our main dish. I love this. So when you were talk to me a little bit about the relationship with your father, when I know he built something, right? He built these restaurants and he built these menus and their family traditions. And you're like, 
okay, I think we need to change the concept. I think we need to build a concept around this particular food or and we need to rename it. Talk to me about, because you mentioned like you butted heads and from my own experience, like believe me, my father did things and it had to be his way or the highway or, and even if I had a faster way of doing things or more efficient or more profitable, it did not matter. It wasn't wasn't good. (laughs) It wasn't his idea. So, um, you know, I just, you know, let's talk about that. The other thing I want to just, um, emphasize on the, on what you're talking about, these tortas, the sandwiches is that they've become so popular uh, even in the United States, Del Taco, I believe, has added three or four of their versions of such a sandwich. And it's not obviously the same. It's a fast food version. But it's obviously mm-hmm. something that's spilling into America, this type of uh, Guadalajara and Mexican food, where a fast food chain that's um, that's also tied to Sonic, interestingly. They're owned by the same company. But either way, I just think that, um, you know, that the the del taco model is is very interesting and uh and interestingly both root from uh glenn bell who is taco bell who bell actually owned a burger place at first then discovered that tacos and the mexican americans that were coming into the united states uh wanted tacos and americans would have a appetite for too and based on businesses and things he helped do he helped start del taco and yerma california yermo i think it's pronounced i can't pronounce it in 1964 even before he created taco bell i believe because he was trying to get taco concepts so this has been going on since the 1960s where we've seen just Mexican American food or Mexican food coming into the United States or now the whole world Taco Bell, Del Taco, you know, Chipotle, all of these places are making it so it's a world cuisine. So I just want to anchor that because what you're doing I think is spot on and the trend is there whether most realize it or not that your type of concept is going to be big because the sourdough the Mexican uh, spices, the the flavors of cooking from Guadalajara that you're embracing and engulfing in your food is, and infusing, I guess, for lack of a better term, is incredible. So mm-hmm. let's go back to my original question. Sorry, let's talk about your father and your relationship and, and, and what it was like to try to convince him to do something differently and come up with a new name and a new menu. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, the, the, the relationship was good was good for for for, um for for most of the time and and at the time i wasn't i wasn't um like it's it's only been recently that i that i started that i started wanting to to have a little more input um i remember back back when i got started and even and even back to maybe like a year year and a half ago i i i just kind of i just kind of went along i just kind of went along and, and 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 followed his followed his his guide and every, every everything was everything was good but but like you like you say it was always it was always him or or, or we 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 participated in a lot of um in a lot of like events uh, doing catering and, and and like massive uh concerts and stuff like that and and i and i i felt i felt and, and that's kind of one of the first things where we where we started to 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 have different um different opinions or different views where I, I wanted to cater to kind of my my generation who who appreciates appreciates and 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 gives value to 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 the culture and to and to the like the original way of making it, but they also want to try um, newer things, 
they 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 also they also have the have the desire to try to try um to try to try newer things, and and he was and he was more set on no this is the way this is the way it's served this is the way it's always been made and that's and that's and that's how we're gonna serve it, and and I and I had I had um I have and 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 I'm still I'm still in the process of developing uh, some some of these, um but like I have I have the I have the um, one of the things I'm working on right now is is a is a lobster uh, torta ahogada, and instead of dipping it like I say in the in the it's a tomato sauce that we dip it in, it's dipping it in like a tomato tomato lobster bisque. So the, so the concept remains the same. It's just the ingredients are different, and and you're you're, I know I'm I know here here in LA there's a lot of people that don't eat pork, and so so the, the original torta ahogada is made out of pork, and if you don't provide us like a, a, another option or maybe like a vegan option for them, that's that's like a segment of customers that you're losing out on because you're not, because you don't have options. Like, and that, and, and that's the point where I'm at right now. Like, okay, you want the original? Here it is. But we also have these options that are the same concept. We use some of the same ingredients, but we, 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 we adapt it to, to, to different needs and try and try to try to get new flavors, new, new, new flavors, um, added, added to the, to the menu. Um, try try to get new customers. Try to try to grow. Try to. I mean, there's there, there there's so many things that go into trying new stuff. Um, like I say, maybe maybe sometimes um, they 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 don't work. Maybe they do. But I mean, you have to. You have. Yeah. That's something I always say is just put yourself out there and let 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 people decide. So let's go through your whole menu. I want to. I'm just interested. All the things you're doing on your menu, like how you created them, or or added your flair to them. I mean, as much details you want to give or not give, I'm just curious because I think there's a lot there. And I think what you're doing is no different than PF Chang's did with Chinese food. I think it's, we, we represent our culture well and our backgrounds well, but we have to make it, um, palatable and, um, delivered in a way that has, a greater appeal. And I think that happens with all foods that come into the United States. There's something we do to it to make it almost better, but not because it's going away from tradition, but give it a flair that it's much needed that's not there in tradition. So will you talk about that a little bit? What's your menu? What are your best items or your number one sellers, um, et cetera? Yeah, so our, our, our number one seller, again, is, is the torta ahogada. That's, that's, that's really what our menu is based off of um, and, and what the concept of, is based off of. Um, but after, after that, uh, we have what we call our tacos de canasta, which if you, if you, the literal translation is basket tacos. And this is, and this is something that, um, here, okay. in the restaurant is super popular, but we also have, a my, my wife and I have a side business, which is called, uh, the basket taco company. Um, and that one, uh, we, we, we do a lot of, um, like pop-ups, uh, farmer's markets here in LA. Um, we cater to a lot of like um, birthday parties, uh, corporate lunches, and stuff like that. And the, the the concept of those is, it's a it's a taco. It's pre-made, and then they're all they're all packaged into a into a basket. Um, if if anybody's been out to in, in the streets of Mexico, you you, you might have seen them. Traditionally, they're 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 riding on a bike, and they have a big basket on the on the back of their bike. So that basket is filled with tacos, and um, uh, the the fillings of the tacos that we have currently are uh, chicharron, which is pork skin, and then we we grind it and then we uh, cook it with with uh, different different sauces. 
Um, we have potatoes, uh, which is it's, it's kind of like a potato puree that we season. Um, and then we have beans, which again it's like a it's like a bean puree that that we season with some spices and 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 a couple other things. And then we have um, chorizo chorizo with potato. And and it's it's. I mean, the, the, this this dish alone, you can you can probably have a whole a whole episode on it because it's so it's so um, it's so complex. It's so I love it. It's, it's so it's so um, if that I mean, what I tell people, it is Mexico. It is Mexico because regardless regardless of where in Mexico you are, like like I mentioned, the torta ahogada is a really regional regional uh, dish to the city of Guadalajara, but the taco de canasta. You can be in any part of Mexico, and people and people are gonna are, are, are gonna know what you're talking about, and they're gonna recognize it. Um, like I say, because of the basket, it's, it's it's something that you can't you can't miss. You see somebody carrying a basket around, and you're like, oh, there, there they are, tacos de canasta. And um, I know I know Netflix did a did an episode in the Taco Chronicles, um, talk talking about just that type of taco. Um, and 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 it's crazy in a, in a basket. So so what you do is you 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 have your you have your fillings ready. You heat up the tortilla, you you fill it, fold it, and and you start setting it in a basket, in the basket, and then you you stack them on top of each other, you stack them on top of each other, and then once you're done, I'm I'm talking in in one basket we can probably fit up to 700 tacos. You close that basket up and you let it steam up, so it's gonna it's gonna steam up, and that steam that it, that it lets off is gonna soften the tacos up. So when when we serve the taco to the customer, it's it's super soft, it's super soft, and then we top it with um with shredded cabbage. Um, and then we do pickled veggies on the side. So the pickled veggies is, is um, we do like onions, carrots, uh, jalapeno, and uh, jicama. And then and then we have two two different sauces that that accompany it, which is red and green sauce. The red one is 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 the tomato base. It's not spicy at all. It just gives it flavor. And then the green one is gonna be is gonna be the spicy one if you if if you want that kick. But um, I mean it's 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 crazy as much as as much as the torta ahogada is our is our staple. I think the taco de canasta has opened up doors um, that we, I mean, we, we we could have never imagined. We did, uh, we did like a, a teleton for for uh, Univision, which is a, a Spanish broadcasting station. Um, we've done, we even did a fundraiser for um, back, back back at that time. Uh, Hillary Clinton was running for was running for president, and they had us cater one of her um, one of her uh, um, fundraising events. And, and 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 it was funny because we were it was us, it was um, it was a barbecue a barbecue a guy I, I forget his name, and it was one other one other uh, like a, like a pastry chef. So that's 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 one of the times when we were like whoa like okay here 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 we are um here we are catering a a, a, a candidate for the for the for the presidency, and and um. And it's just, and it's just our tacos are little. Are, 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 I say little, but um, I mean that's just. It, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy the doors that that's opened for us. And like I say, that's that's um. That's. I, don't know, I, I mean, I, ha I have no words to, to express. I, I love this. Um, I really love this because I think that what you've done in your passion, like I can feel your excitement. I can feel the positive energy coming out of you and the love you have for it, which spills into your food, right? I think that that's such a major part of this. I think that that it spills into your food. It's really good. The customers are coming back. There's, you know, geez, I don't even know the yumminess that I can feel just by your description. <laughs> 
And so I think that there's all part of what's going on here. And I think that it's so cool um, what you're doing. And I think that um, one of the things that you're able to do truly is capture like this flair or fusion of food that's going on where you're able to add modern things and and upgrade it a little bit not that still mexicans would enjoy it but also so that mexicans do and mexican americans enjoy it but mexican i mean our americans in general have a palate for it and want to order it so yeah Yeah, and and, and we really really we really have to find find a balance um because at, at at the point we're at now is, is is we have we have a pretty a pretty extensive customer base that that um that recognizes us for for the traditions for being authentic but we're trying to grow into a into a into a different customer base that that um that maybe isn't too familiar or that maybe is looking for 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 something uh, for something different so we have to, we have to kind of make a make a balancing act between Keeping keeping our, our 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 current customers happy, but but trying to make new ones too at the at, at the same time. I love this. Um, let's you know let's change uh, directions here a little bit. Growing up, you mentioned sports and the NBA and and your love for that. You also mentioned your family and the food business. Like like who are the mentors? Who are the leaders? Who are even maybe the NBA stars? that really, for lack of a better term, inspired you, motivated you, mentored you, coached you in a way, maybe not even directly, but just by what they were doing. Could you talk about that a little bit? Because I feel a lot of like positivity and sports-based leadership out of you, even if it's just rubbed off on you. That interest in sports really is coming out in your in the way it was one of the stepping stones or it's one of the skills you gained in addition to just going to school and gaining a culinary arts skill. For example, um, yeah, yeah. Well, gr- growing up, um, I mean, if I if if I had a if 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 I had to say uh, w- one person, I mean, obviously, obviously, my dad, my dad has influenced me the, the, the most, just because that's who I that's who I started under, and that's who I who I developed most of most of my most of my um, skills, I guess, I guess you can call them, or or or, or, or most of my knowledge from. Um, as, as as far as I'm, I'm trying to think, of, like like athletes and sports, but I mean Kobe I mean, Bryant. I, I, I mean, come on, I, that's where I was thinking we might go here. <laughs> I mean, you're a guy from LA, like the NBA. I mean that, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know, like if your influence, you were you like sports. I just didn't know if there was impact on you or these these athletes that became superstars. If that influenced you in any way. I mean, as far as far as they're worth their work ethic but i've never i've never been like i i enjoy i enjoy sports i enjoy sports but i never i never looked to sports as a as like a like i i i guess if i if i if i were to if i were to mention like like pe- people that that i look up and this is and this is more again more now that i'm that i'm in the business and stuff like there's um there's a mexican chef i'm not sure if you're familiar with um enrique enrique Overa. um he has he has a his, his most famous restaurant is in Mexico City. It's called Pujol, and it's it's been it's been featured in um, like San Pellegrino's top 50. I think it peaked at number three at one at one point. Um, he opened up a second location in in, in New York City um, called Cosme, 
which is which is uh, garnering a, a lot of attention. And he just recently opened up here uh, in LA. It's called um, uh, Damian. Damian. So so uh, that like that that that's one of the that's one of the people that I look up into in 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 the in the food industry. Because of what he's managed to do, he took he took Mexican food from being uh, like a mom and, like a mom and pop uh, kind of home 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 cooking um, uh, tr tr tradition based, and he made it into this fine dining um, like fine dining world rec world renowned world world recognized um, uh, cuisine, and 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 it's crazy because you see you see some of it like his his staple dish his main his main thing. Is a mole, and it's just it's just a mole. It's just a just a sauce. So he 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 um um it's like a thousand. I, I think right now it's probably at like twelve hundred days old uh, mole, and he mixes that with the with with a batch of new of new um freshly made mole, and he he puts them together, and that's the dish. It's just it's just a plate with uh, with two sauces on it, and 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 to see to see what he's managed to achieve, and 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 again the recognition he has. And uh, where where he's put um, or where he's where he's elevated a Mexican cuisine to, it's, it's something that that um, I hope I can I can achieve uh, someday in the future is to have to have that um, our Guadalajara style food uh, be looked at in that in, in, in that manner. And again, it's just I mean the 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 the, the work that work ethic and following following his path. I mean, he started. He he um he went to uh, the Corning Institute of America in New York City. Um he he had a stint here in uh, Napa at the French Laundry. Uh he had a he had a stint in um in Noma in, in, in Copenhagen. So he he's been all over the place, and that's something and that's something that like I say I I, I mean I see what he's done and and it, it inspires me and it it kind of drives me to try to try to make make it happen for for our for our food. I love this. So, I mean, where are you hoping this goes? Your restaurant that you have now, you have one, you're building this menu, you're starting to build business. Like, where are you hoping this goes? Um, well, my next, my next step, um, and, and, and hopefully, hopefully I can, I can, I can get it soon. Like I say, right now we're, we're doing a lot of pop-ups, um, like farmer's markets and stuff. So I want I want to look into getting, um, getting a food truck, a food truck so that I can I can um, I can serve different different areas um, of the city because the L LA is is immense it's I mean from, from one one side of the city to the other and and it's funny because here in Linwood we're we're kind of in the middle of everything and we get people from all over from all over LA it's like and and, and they tell me about it like on weekends the oh I'm, I made the drive from Santa Ana or I made the drive from Paramount City or I made the drive from and I mean, you're you're talking about with traffic, hour and a half drives. So so right now, I feel the need to kind of cater cater to those people, and maybe maybe um, a food truck would be the best the best um, the first the best first step in trying and trying to have uh, ha have it set up at different locations on different days and kind of kind kind of work schedule out that way. Um, but eventually, I mean, I wanna I, I wanna grow it. I wanna grow it. Have have a have have a couple locations here in here in the uh, the area. Um, I, I lived in Phoenix. I grew up in Phoenix. Um, so that's something I've always, I've always wanted to do is, is, is go back, um, go back and open up a, a restaurant there. Um, 
not sure if it would be the same concept or if I would work on something new, but I definitely, I definitely want to make my way back over there. Um, and, and eventually, eventually have, have a, have a fine dining. Like my end goal is, is, is a fine dining, sit down, uh, Michelin star level, level restaurant. Um, but always, always having it tied to, to our, to our traditions and our, and our cuisine. I love this a lot, and I think you're uh, 100% spot on on this, uh, interestingly, uh, because I think that that's, you're right on the right path. And I think that the dreams that you have and the, the product that you have is just so outstanding and so cool. Um, let's talk about delivery service. Do you guys use delivery service? Do you mess with the DoorDashes, the Chow Nows of the world? Like, how have you viewed all that as part of your business and, and maintaining the quality of your product, the delivery boom? Um, we do, we do. We, we, we work with, um, can I say the names or? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Uh, yeah, we work with, um, we have DoorDash, uh, we have Uber Eats and we have a uh, Grubhub and we're working right now. We're working through, um, through our POS to have, to have like our own, um, not not our own because it's not our, our our software or anything, but um, it's, it's it's orders that are going to go direct, directly through us. Um, so that's that that's what we do right now. Um, our 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 customer base right now is is again it's 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 like older older not older people but it's it's more um, it's more how, how do you say it? Um, they're not they're not as savvy with technology. So, so it's, it's, it's helping uh, the delivery service is helping us reach newer, newer, um, newer customers, newer customers that are, that are, are, that are unfamiliar with our, with our type of cuisine that are, that are not, um, that have never tried it. And they go, they go on the, they go on the, um, on the app, on the Grubhub, on the, on the DoorDash Uber app, and they look for Mexican food. And they see uh, there's a lot of burritos, there's a lot of uh, just regular tacos and stuff like that. And then they and then they see the torta ahogada, or they see taco de canasta, or they see uh, carne en su jugo, which is another one of our dishes. And 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 a, a lot of times it piques their interest, and they order, and that's and that's helped us make um, make new customers. I love this. I love and and have you f like tell me about your experience with it? Like, tell me about your your i mean have you had to adjust your food have you had to adjust your packaging i mean what has that been like for you especially as you changed your menu has there been anything like that or or ways you've like oh my gosh i'm in the food business why do i have to adjust these things is there anything that's really caught your attention in that way oh yeah 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 the the, the food packaging especially the food pack. I, I remember when we first when we first started doing the um, the uh, delivery services, a couple a couple of the orders. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not sure if it's the drivers or if if, if we packaged it wrong or, or, or what the case may be. But a, a couple of times when the when the food got to the customer, it was it was pretty much a scramble. <laughs> it was pretty much a scramble. We got pictures of it. We had to, we had to redo it and resend it out. Um, but it but it, but it led us it led us to to talk to. Um, the packaging companies to make um, to make the like like the torta ahogada is is uh, again is a, is, a, is a dip sandwich. So if we if we dip the sandwich when they order it, by the time it gets to them, it's gonna be it's gonna be completely soggy. So 
we had a, we had to um, put the sauce in cups, and then um, kind of explain to the people that when when they get it, they have to they have to either dip it or, or pour the sauce over it. Um, just stuff like that, stuff like that, where 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 our food wasn't originally designed or or, or, or made to 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 be delivered but we had to adapt to make it to make it uh, be delivered because again last, last thing you want as an owner is to lose out on business because because you didn't change something or because you don't you were unwilling to to adapt you know yeah i love this um because it is so true i think that if you don't look at it like your product's great it's great for pickups it's great for dine-in um, but a lot of people don't realize like there's a whole other thing that you can really do well by your packaging um, yeah. and make sure that you deliver it well. The drivers who aren't a part of your business, you're partnering with them to do the work. And I think everyone needs to look at them as partners, but you want to set them up to succeed because if you don't, it doesn't go very well for anyone. So I think that that's part of what we're talking about here. Um, the other part is... I think that what you're doing and your inspiration and the way you look at things, uh, growing up in food, growing up starting with a food truck with your dad and the restaurants with your dad, and not necessarily getting into the culinary side first, having the other aspects of the business that were there, and then deciding to go to the culinary arts, you sort of got well-rounded in your abilities. And I just want to compliment you on that because you've unintentionally or intentionally stacked skills that have led to where you are. And I think that's awesome as well. So, yeah, I, and, it, and, and it was funny because when I when I when I made the decision and when I and when I talked to um not that I not, not that I asked them for their opinion or anything but but when I when I, when I started mentioning that I was going to go to school and stuff I got a lot of pushback from 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 people in the in the industry as far as as far as um like um cooks that that my dad already had and stuff like that where there were there were they were they were saying oh what like what do you want to do that for you're you're already like you already know. And but but there's but there's so much more that that um that goes into it again. Like I say, even even growing up before before um before I ever got into it, seeing seeing all the preparation that goes into it. But one of the things that that school helped me with the most was the the organization and finance of the of the business. Um, costing costing out your recipes, pricing your menu to where to where you're making a profit. Um your labor, uh, like what percentage of, of your sales has to go to labor, what percentage of your sales has to go to marketing, all, 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 all of that is something that um, I, I never, I never, I don't think I ever would have learned if, if I hadn't gone to school because my dad was, was self-taught, was self-taught and he, he, he had, he had his way of doing things, but it was never, like I don't want to say it was dis un unorganized or disorganized, but it was, it was just kind of based off his numbers and he and he and and what he thought was was correct. And with the knowledge I have now, it's it's, I go I go into it with 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 that much more knowledge and 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 I can I can like pie chart it out and say okay you know today's sales were I don't know to 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 make a nice even uh, a nice round number today's sales were one thousand, and okay so. I don't know. Two percent is going to go towards rent. One um, percent is going to go to utilities. Twenty percent is going to go to labor. Twenty uh, percent is going to be in, in in the cost of goods. You know what I mean? So, so it's 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 it was it was at the time 
when people would when people would would, would have that pushback and they oh well, what are you gonna go waste time in school for you don't you don't need it you you already know how to cook and you you already have a business but like what I mean there there was times where I was like ah, am I am I really like should I should I do it but at the end of the day it was it was it was the best decision I could have made because like I say it gave me it gave me tools to to manage the business in a in a more in a more organized and and, and pro- professional way I guess you can call it. Absolutely. I'm definitely going to have you back on the podcast in a few months to continue to tell this story because you've just transitioned your restaurant to the new menu and the new name. And I'm just, I'm really blown away. And I think your trajectory um, and your momentum is ridiculous. And I just can't wait to see it. Uh, So as we um, start to end things, Abe, is there anything like you'd want to share with other entrepreneurs, other chefs, uh, other people trying to get into the food business that maybe you wish you knew then that you knew now back in the day or or is there anything that you feel that you're still learning or you wish you knew that you could help the audience with um just just be prepared be prepared to work um as far as far as um cooking and ideas go i I always tell people just put them out there put them out there like every 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 new every new item that i think about um integrating into the menu I always I, I have a group of I have a group of like foodies I guess you can call or food influencers here in the area that I always that I always call I say hey guys I'm I'm trying out this new thing come come try it out and let me know what you think and just be open just be open to what they what what they think because at the end of the day um, most of the time when I cook something <laughs> I cook I cook it to my liking so I I, I always think it's good and it's gonna sell. But then I, I let other people try it, and they give me their input and, and and their feedback, and that's and that's kind of the process that I go through to to to, um, to integrate new 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 menu items. So just just be just be out there. Um, trust trust in your trust in your instinct. Um, make it. Have people try it. Be open, and that's 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 one advice I can I can, I can give them. As far as um, as far as like something somebody would have told me is. I mean that there's ups and downs. That there's ups and downs. That you have to be. You have, to, like I say, you have to be willing to adapt. Um, uh, you always, you always have to. You, have, you always have to be aware of what's going on. And, and when I say what's going on, it's there's thousands of things that impact your business. Thousands, whether it be, um, I mean, politics, recession, um, the mood, like, like. Like it's crazy here in LA, when when go, going back to sports, when the Lakers are doing good, people are a lot happier. When the Dodgers are doing good, people are a lot happier, and and and, and they're willing to spend more. And it's 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 crazy because you wouldn't you wouldn't think that that has an effect on 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 your business, but it does. It does just like the the, the mood of the city. Um, if there's if there's special events going on in the city, you have a lot more tourism, so your 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 business might go up. So just be aware. Be um be as be as connected as you can to your customers. Use social media. Social media is um, the platform and a tool that will help you go a long way. Um, I mean, I guess I guess that's that's it. And and to this day, I think the most important part is 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 that last thing that we were talking about is the finances. The finances. The finances. The finances. You you as as a chef as a cook. Sometimes you say, oh, you know, I, I just want to cook. I don't want to. I don't want to. And if that if that's the case, have somebody to help you with the finances because you have to make the finances work. Otherwise, 
the business is not going to work. It's not, it's, it, it's not going to work. And it's, it's, it's for me, for me, it's, it's the most important part of it because like I say, I mean, we all, we all love cooking. We all love um, having people try our food. We all love uh, putting our ideas out there, but at the end of the day, it has to be, it has to be profitable or else we can't, we can't do it. I agree with you. Um, I'm going to ask one more question just because I have it now that you answer. Like, what are your favorite things to do? Obviously, everyone loves cooking. What are your favorite things to do as a business owner or entrepreneur? And what are your least favorite things to do? My, my favorite thing is, is cooking new, new, new dishes and, and, and trying to see if it, trying to see if they, if they pop or not. That's, that, that's, that's the favorite, but that's my favorite is, is trying to, trying to cook different things. Um, and, and being in the kitchen overall. And my least favorite is is having having to make decisions um, that are that are that are gonna affect other people. Um, as far as like as far as like layoffs go and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that is the worst. I have to yeah. say, even if they <laughs> even if they've made the decision for you and aren't doing their exactly. job or not living up to the core <laughs> values of your business, it's still at the end of the day the hardest thing to do. I agree. One hundred percent. Yeah, especially, especially, especially if it's somebody that's been that's been with you for yeah for for, for a long time. You kind of grow an attachment to them, and it's it's it, it's always hard. But like 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 I said previously, you have to look at it as as to where I mean, it's it, it's a business, and it has to be profitable for you, or else or else it won't it won't exist. I agree with this one hundred percent a lot because. Often, like some of our best employees and loyal employees, sometimes they just become entitled or their mm-hmm. attitude changes <laughs> or they become what I'll call crabs in the crab bucket where new people come in and maybe they're outperforming them or they're they're really getting the thing. And, and even though they don't want to be a manager, they don't want this other person who want wants them. to be a manager <laughs> to rise up above them or a younger person to rise up above them. Um, yeah. or some cases it can even be, you didn't realize that they don't want a woman to rise above them or it could be a thousand different things. But I often find that, yes, it's so hard because they've been loyal for so long, but if they start not, they get entitled or their loyalty is loyalty only becomes loyalty only if they get something more in return, it becomes very hard and, and they can tear down your organization. But, uh, man, I don't even know because they become part of your family. They become part of your home. And I think yeah. a lot of employees, uh, I would say in entrepreneurs or in businesses that aren't run well, um, just because of this main fact, they could have the best business, everything, all the process procedures could be great but their culture starts to rot a little bit because they can't do the thing that no one wants to do, which is lay off people particularly or fire them, particularly mm-hmm. the ones that have been there so long. But I will say generally the longer employees have been there, it takes a special kind of employee with a real long-term vision and a focus on their family legacy and being a leader and you know making the best out of every day to really excel over the long run in any business. Because sometimes, like I said, the more they're, the longer they're there, it leads to entitlement. It can also lead to resentments building up. It can also yeah. lead to not wanting other people to do better in the business than they are, even though they don't want to move beyond their position. So, uh, I really like that you said that. So, Abe, where can they find you online? Where are you on Instagram, and where's your uh, restaurant located? Uh, yeah. So the so the location, um, we're we're in the Los Angeles area in the city of Linwood. Uh, we're inside a, a popular plaza here in Linwood called Plaza Mexico. Um, 
on Instagram, it's at Las Augadas LA. So L A Augadas LA. Um, and on TikTok, uh, I think my wife started a TikTok too. And it's it's uh, same Las Augadas LA. Um, if 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 you look us up on like Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, we're we're on all the platforms. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's basically it. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I'm like I these podcasts keep getting better every time I do a new one. I'm getting better at them. Obviously, I'm over 300 in at this point. Like I think we've recorded 350. You're number 316, and I'm filling gaps. But we've recorded over 350 episodes so far as they're being released out but these are getting this is an incredible episode and i love what you're doing with the sourdough and the sandwiches and i'm just i'm gonna be out in la in may if i can if i can if i can give a yeah go ahead so 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 the so the sourdough we we it's not something that i make in-house um i actually i actually have it sourced by a local bakery called gusto bread if i can if i can shout them out yeah they're, shout them they're, out their their bread is amazing. They're they're in the city of Long Beach. Um, it was called it, Gusto Bread. Gusto Bread, yeah, yeah. If you if you if anybody looks them up, I mean they've they've had articles written on them in like the New York Times, and I mean they're they're super popular here in the area, and and um, yeah, like I said, their bread is amazing. <laughs> I will put them in the episode notes for everyone, just so everyone has them, because I love this. I love that you share and give a shout out to your partners because I think it's important. And also when I'm out there, like I'll be in Pasadena and I have to be in Los Angeles um, in May and I'll just t- drop it with the audience. We are in a, a development of a TV show based sort of loosely around what we've done with the podcast. Uh, this one in particular and my other ones where it's 18 seasons over 12 years, average 16 episodes per season. And we're going around the world uh, over these 18 seasons over 12 years, which is we're releasing three seasons every two years. And we are preparing to work with some of these major studios. We have a little bit of a um, the situation going on here, we have more than one interest, which is great, but we're going to go around the world to all sorts of cities and meet entrepreneurs. I'll still continue to do the podcast, but we're also going to do a TV show where I have two co-hosts, uh, with me. I'm not the main host. I am one of the co-hosts and, um, and sort of do this. And it's kind of cool. The group that's been put together to do this, it's a dream come true. I never knew a, a podcast or like I'm probably the har- hardest podcaster on the planet other than uh, Joe Rogan. I don't, he releases a <laughs> lot, but I literally release three to four podcasts for this, uh, just in the food entrepreneurs. I released at least two a week for the Centurion Leadership Battalion. We're going to do one to two a week for the Night Dash or, uh, with Justin Bizarro show one. And we're also launching the Justin Ryan Bizarro show, which is to take care of like, I have tons of entrepreneurs and tons of musicians and tons of athletes that have taken interest in Justin, the food entrepreneur show, but I don't want to dilute this show from the food entrepreneurs. So I'm, uh, we've created the Justin it's Ryan Bizarro one. show, which is almost like weirdly Mary Tyler Moore show meets the Johnny Carson show or whatever okay. you guys want to call it. Because it's not only like are we doing interviews, but it's also a reflection of culture of the time, what it what it's like to be me, Justin Bizarro, in the modern world, uh, in life no different than Mary Tyler Moore. I'm not a woman. But this is sort of where we're going <laughs> to reflect on culture and we're going to be um, – but it's going to be real. It's not going to be portrayed and it's going to be in the moment. So – 
Every, I, I love it. And they, this has all led to this TV show, which everyone will, will drop it. And you can follow us on Instagram as we start building up there. It's called Foodtopia TV is the Instagram. But the show will be Foodtopia Eat, Love, Learn. And again, we're going to cover all seven continents in, very thoroughly over 18 seasons. And it's quite incredible. And with this podcast, I've been able to connect with entrepreneurs all over the world, whether you hear, hear them on here or not. I actually build relationships and talk to a lot of entrepreneurs also who end up don't come, that don't end up coming on the show or they're too scared to come on the show or they're not ready to yet all over the world, okay? And it's interesting because as I keep talking to them, some of them eventually trickle in and that's not why I do it. I actually build relationships and then they get trusted. They're like, oh, you remember that thing you talked, we were talking about like nine months ago when you first talked to me? I'm like, yeah, you want to be on this show? They're like, I think I have the courage now. So I think that that's a great thing, but it does take courage. And I will say the ability to do podcasts, the ability to speak about your businesses, the ability to be on TV or on audio like these or on video on Instagram and about your businesses, it's huge and you need to work on it. It's a skill. I was a shy kid. I was a shy entrepreneur. I stayed behind the numbers. I gave, I talked to the employees, but not really. It really took me the last uh, seven, nine years to start creeping out of that shell, to be able to talk to the employees, even when people would cut me down for doing it. Like I, you know, people that I didn't realize that as you succeed, they try to knock you back down. And they're usually employees or coworkers or co-entrepreneurs or partners who have grown up with you. But when you make distance all the time, like we talked about, people try to knock you down or tear you down. I don't know why, because they don't want to do the work themselves. So they try to knock you down to their level. But it's important because there's all sorts of ways that we can gain experience in this sort of being our publicist or being our spokesman or running our social media that is important in building relationships as entrepreneurs. So I just want to anchor that for everyone also that it is important that you do these shows, not only for me, but for others. And it is important to use your Instagram and your TikTok and your Facebook and your LinkedIn and whatever else. I don't use Snapchat because I still can't understand it for some reason how it drives value and it's not just a complete waste of time. And Twitter (laughs) actually is a good source, but I think anything that can give videos that can show actual what you're doing with your food is incredible because you wanna be able to give people all the sensations, the eyes, the ears, you know, the, the whatever it is without the touch and the taste, as much of those as possible. So. I think that that's what you can do and you can do emotional attachment. Like people are like, oh my gosh, I remember when I had those as a kid, this is kind of like that. I want to go get those. And I think that's important. And if you do it properly, it's not advertising and marketing, it's promotion. Um, And what we're talking about, it's attraction versus promotion. Okay, where marketing and advertising tends to be promotion, 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 trying to promote it. You're not really gaining the long term loyalty by just promoting something. It's that attraction, you know, and I'll give McDonald's as an example. They have a lot of things that attract people to their business, the speed, the deals, the quality of the food being always the same all the characters that represent their brand. They didn't just go with a Wendy and a Dave. They went with like every character you could imagine. And one of those characters appeals to each individual. So, and I'm not saying you need characters for your business or mascots in the audience, but it is something to think about. You know, the cereal companies have them. Kellogg's has how many mascots that represent how many cereals. So when we tie these things and we tie these things to children or happy meals and things like that, they matter. And it's not, 
a gimmick. It's a attraction. Now I want what they have. I want that. It's either scarce maybe, or it's really good. Or again, it's something we had as a kid and we're, we're attracting people based off our videos and our reels to come get it. Maybe it's the biggest yep. sandwich they've ever seen. I see some of those gimmicks. It's a little more gimmicky for me, but if it's something that's cool and new and innovative, like the pizza bagel that Utopia Bagels did, that's a cool idea and it attracted a lot of people to want to try it. Okay, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. It wasn't really promotion. It wasn't really advertising or marketing. They just did it and it attracted people. It sounds good, right? Bagel material uh, being used for a pizza. So bagel dough for a pizza dough uh, in exchange. Just no different than we're seeing sourdough pizza and what we're talking about here, which is a tradition from Guadalajara, which is the sourdough sub uh, roll basically with a sandwich with all that Mexican flair and Guadalajara flair. So yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Abe. Um, interesting, like the really good friend I had in seventh grade. I moved schools when I was in seventh grade to go to uh, all boys school because of my soccer and my schedule. And that's when I spent a lot more time on my dad's office as well because it was 25 minutes from my family farm. Is one of my best friends going into that. He was an exchange student, but also because he was new. His name was Guillermo Watanabe. And um, interesting, there are some Japanese, Mexican influences down in, in parts of Mexico as well. It's not only the United States, Japanese Americans, uh -huh. Japanese Mex Mexicans as well. Uh, so Watanabe was the Japanese side, his father, but his mother was Guadalajaran. And he was from Guadalajara. And I just remember all the candy that they would bring in all the time, which <laughs> was just so awesome. And then... Yeah. And then um, you know, the family that he lived with and was exchanged with, they would try the food from there and and try to make the food um, for this individual. So that was uh, to feel at home. So it was always kind of a cool experience when he'd bring some of that into school. And while it wasn't exactly the same that his mom cooked, it gave me an understanding that not all Mexican food um, is the same. It's like the United States. There are different regions in Mexico regions. That, uh -huh. that have different appeal. And like the Baja which is off of California. It's called the Baja California, but it's not California. The state has different food than Guadalajara, which has different food than, um, you know, Mexico City, for example, although Mexico City seems to be a combination of things. Um, but, you know, you go to the beach towns and there's a lot of these restaurants we get as American tourists and we get the food, but it's not We've got to look at what the diversity is. It's not just blanket uh, Mexican food, just like it's not blanket American food. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to anchor that. So thank you again, Abe. Uh, one more time, will they? you tell us where they can find you online, social media, and what your address is? Uh, yeah, the, the address is uh, 3100 East Imperial Highway, and that's in the city of Linwood, zip code 90262. And on social media, it's at Las Augadas LA. So Las Augadas LA. That's that's, that's Instagram, Facebook. Uh, like I say, TikTok. I, I think my wife started TikTok. <laughs> um, so I'm going to yeah. spell it for everyone. That's L A S A H O G A D A S L A. Correct. Uh huh. Cool. Exactly. So that's where you can find on Instagram. It'll be in the notes, guys. I'm also going to put Gusto Bread in there so everyone has that link as well where the sourdough sub rolls are coming from. And with that being said, thank you, everyone, for listening in. Again, you can find us on Instagram. 
at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. You can also find us on Spotify or wherever you grow yourself through podcasts. And if you're in the LA area and you have DoorDash or one of the other delivery apps, I suggest ordering from Las Ogadas because you want to try these subs and you want to go to the store. I know I'm going to go there when I'm in LA. What working on this TV show stuff, uh, my stepkids, uh, my stepdaughter, Zoe, and her fiance, John Wood, uh, Zoe Warren, everyone look her up at Zoe P. Warren and at John Wood 32 on Instagram. I'll put them in here also. But since I'm going out to LA, I'll drop their names since they are CrossFit professional athletes and they are trying to qualify as individuals for the CrossFit Games this year. They've been to the CrossFit Games as a team and they've done a lot of trying to qualify in the regionals to get to the uh, games as individuals. This year, I think they're going to make it. I think that they have the right mental capacity and they have the right sports capacity. So I will be out there working on the development of this TV show that I'm talking about that hopefully we'll start filming in October and will also be out there at the in Pasadena uh, for the West Coast uh, Games for the CrossFit regionals to qualify for the CrossFit Games in Madison, Wisconsin. So I did a lot of dropping names in there and I'll drop all of it in the notes, but I'm going to come see you guys when I'm out there. That's my whole point. I dropped excellent, a lot of drops excellent. in because I want to try one of these sandwiches. So Abe, I really appreciate you and your time and everyone in the audience. Again, I appreciate you guys sharing everything. Please, if you hear this episode, you're a fan of Abe's and his restaurant, please give us five stars. Please give us good reviews on our show and on their episode. It helps immensely to get the word out there. So thank you everyone for listening in and we are out.